0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.
1: Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, W-O-G-L, HD3, Philadelphia.
0: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now.
1: Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor.
2: Labor. Statues. Protests. Patriotism. Racism and everything in between. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. This is a talk show tonight, a series on race in America. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labors. We broadcast you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, right into the conversation we go. uh, And before we do that, let me first introduce to you in the studio uh, our two guests who are here. Uh, One, of course, is my co-host, Jay Doc. But first, Mm -hmm. let me introduce uh, Malik Boyd, who's sitting in the big chair tonight uh, and joining us for uh, this uh, special series uh, on race. Malik, welcome in.
3: Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure being here, man. I'm looking forward to uh, dissecting the issues with my brother,
2: <laughs> Joe Doc. All right, uh, and and I think these are this is the opportune time to do so. All right, We're going to spend the next hour uh, on the big show tonight, uh, dealing with a lot of uh, uh, hard-hitting topics, uh, topics that are going to hit some feelings and going to hit uh, some individuals, but then the end result of it all is to find uh, solutions. And Jay, Doc, first I give you uh, the form for a 30-second welcome and a 30-second introduction for you.
4: Joe, based on recent uh, events and situations in our country, uh, down South and in Philadelphia with the statue situation in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick and the protests, uh, it's become apparent that uh, the racial divide in America uh, even though we've made a ton of progress is, is still as great as ever in my lifetime and we felt like it, it was time uh, mm-hmm. to t- to lay it all out there talk about the real issues and 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 come up with some common ground here maybe start the healing process
2: all right we'll do that before we get into it and before we start to welcome your conversation 855-839-1210 855-839-1210 we welcome the audience into the dialogue and into the conversation tonight 855-839-1210 uh Coming up at 7.16 tonight, Mike Kern uh, from The Daily News will be with us uh, later on. Bottom of the hour, 7.35, Super Bowl champion, former NFL player Raheem Brock uh, will join us as well, and we'll welcome in the entire audience listening in to the big show tonight, 855-839-1210. Malik, let me begin with you, and let Mm -hmm. me start with the question. Does race really matter? Absolutely. I mean, so we talked about this, Joe, leading
3: into the show. Uh, There are those individuals that would like to address the social construct of race and say, look, you know, this thing has been manufactured. We all come from, uh, you know, one line and lineage uh, and we should enjoy, you know, uh, the relationships in that way. But the fact of the matter is. Race does matter, right? So my experience as a black man in America is totally different than your experience, Joe, as a white man in America. And until we actually recognize it, until it's actually respected, and the, the issues that separate our experience and our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness are addressed. We'll always have these issues. So, yes, race does matter. Absolutely. And let me just say this. As a labor show, uh, you may be thinking to yourself, you know,
4: is this the right place to talk about it? I can't think of a better place to talk about it. What's more diverse than the workplace? What's more diverse than a labor community in Philadelphia? Uh, certainly, like I said in, in the in the intro, yeah, based on recent issues where, that we didn't even see coming, a statue, right? I mean, a statue. Uh, the, the national anthem at the football at the football game that's been going on for years, right? Our you know our 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 society has been turned upside down. We didn't even see it coming, and that has made it evident to me mm-hmm. that uh, you know what. Even though America's come a long way. Uh, we're
3: not where we need to be. So here's the thing. I mean, we, we say it's on its way, right? Or, or we didn't see these things coming. As a black man, as an African-American in in this country, we, we've always seen it coming because it's been going on, right? So the Edmund Pettus Bridge, that was just 50 years ago. There are people still alive who actually experience that particular walk. And so for us to blanket this with marketing and say, you know, America, the great and beautiful without addressing some of those challenges that, that exist is, is a little disingenuous, and that's why we're here.
2: Malik, let me ask you a question. In your opening statement, when yeah. answering the question, does race really matter, you mm-hmm. referenced the word recognize. What do you mean by that?
3: Well, I think you have to acknowledge that it exists. I mean, on social media, uh, even in conversations to this day, people just say, hey, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, and you go be strong. Well, haven't we done that for 400 years? That White House was built by African-Americans. We've proven our space in America. And so it's not about being strong. It's about what is equitable and fair as it relates to how we heal.
4: Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that is important to me is that how we see the same issues, you know, uh, and I'm going to say it right out, white mm-hmm. people and black people will be looking at the same issue and have a different perspective. And I think, and, and uh, you know, these recent uh, issues uh, really impacted me big time. Mm-hmm. And, and so- uh, Big time
2: in what way, J-Doc?
4: Um <laughs> You know, let's, you know, somebody once said the NFL owns a day at a week, right? Mm -hmm. I could see it last year. As soon as Colin Kaepernick sat down, I thought, you know what? The NFL might not own a day at a week much longer. And you could see the ripple effects coming. And I just think that uh, based on life's experience, between you know African Americans, Caucasians, American Indians, Hispanics uh, and 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 so on. Um, we're going to see and, and and the show's called in in black and white, but the fact of the matter is is that nothing is really that simple. Nothing is really in black and white and yet
2: everything is. What mm-hmm. do you think as we uh, bring this show into the forefront uh, of the Delaware Valley today we'll take your calls at 855-839-1210 855-839-1210. Malik, I want to ask you I want to stay on the way. Word, and I want to, I want you to drill down for me, if mm-hmm. you can. Recognize. What do you mean by recognize? I'm a white American. You're an, you're a black American. What do you want me as a white man to recognize?
3: So, uh, for example, if there's an anti-Semitic statement made, <laughs> there's every group that is pro-israel that will come out of the woodworks to ensure that you understand that what you said was out of pocket as it relates to the race and the culture right but when colin kaepernick takes a knee and says my people are being killed constantly and what you're doing is wiping over it and you're going back 15 years into uh, you know a rap sheet that really didn't exist and was pushed away as a minor but you're going to pit this individual as a criminal just because we're going to skip over the current fact that they were killed, you know, and, and, and all of us agree, there are some cases that were unjust. We've got to be honest about it. Right. That's not recognizing it. That's covering it up. And so when Colin took the knee again, rather than addressing police brutality, we made it about the flag. We made it about patriotism. He's saying my people are dying. Okay. Um, and and that's an example of what I was just talking
4: about. So um, I'll be honest, when I saw Colin Kaepernick taking the knee, uh, I was PO'd, man. And I was PO'd because the first thing I thought was, mm-hmm. okay, um, it's an insult to the military, black, white. Uh, Hispanic, American Indian, all races, all creeds have uh, fought and died for for that national anthem to be uh, sung. And I thought to myself, well, and a lot of African Americans have died in in our in our, our wars. And I thought that was an insult to to, to those individuals and their mm-hmm. memory. Uh, and so that's what I was looking at. I thought that maybe, uh, he, you know, certainly he had a you know, he's got a a, a platform and he's got a uh, you know, a, a, obviously great point uh well but, what's the point well i mean he's sitting there saying that 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 i i that the police uh you know the uh, individuals did not pay for their the, you know that killed african-american individuals and got away with it and he was trying to say they're being unjustly killed across america and there's been no recognition maybe that's the case in in, in certain but i can tell you this it was my feeling at the time that the Ameri- that the National Anthem before a football game wasn't the platform to use to, to, to bring that point to
3: light. <laughs> so, so and, and, and Jay, I, I, I love you on this. And and this is part of the the unique parts that need to be brought out in this show. It's hard for you to understand it because when he's bringing it out and we talk about platforms, what other platforms should an African-American use when, when – the, ju- the halls of justice don't work. <laughs> so so if you're able to get away with it, right, it, it, and then you're telling us, hey, but you know what, you, you can't even speak on the field that you run up and down every day and make me money with. Where else do we talk about this? So my father was the original Colin Kaepernick. OK, my father was a Vietnam vet that came home and said, wow. They're not taking care of us. He was in that select group that when they came home, they walked the streets and they were like, great that you served your country. However, because you're black, you won't get the same benefits and the same things that the white enlisted service officers got. So he was the one he he was like, I saw this as a kid. He would sit down for the anthem and he had valid reasons watching his peers die from Agent Orange and not getting treatment i mean so (laughs) when we talk about where it's not it's not where it's everywhere that we should talk about this and when is right now we've got to have these conversations but you'll never be able to understand it because a caucasian and let's let's really take this to heart when's the last time that you saw five uh, uh five caucasians stretched naked against the wall okay like what we saw during the Rizzo era. So, so think about what African Americans deal with. You don't see white men who are going through mentally challenged states, even when they are holding submachine guns at officers. They're being taken down in a nice way. They're being tased and then brought into the police precinct and processed, right? I mean, and you know, their and their and their mugshot says, "Hey, you know, you, you're you're uh, you, you were just a lone shark." Meanwhile. A social service worker who's protecting a child who has mental, you know, issues, he gets shot <laughs> with his hands up, right? And then, he, and then they they actually pitch him as you know this this guy that was unruly and didn't listen. Who's they? What do you mean they? This is the officers, right? And this is what they said as they shot the man as he sat on his behind with his hands up. So when we can't obey the law and and get justice. When we stand up for ourselves, we can't get justice. Where else does this happen?
2: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. In studio, Malik Boyd, J-Doc, Joe Doherty uh, joining us. I'm Krause on a Saturday night. Uh, We'll go to our first commercial break. We open the phone lines uh, for you, 855-839-1210, 855-839-1210. When we come back, we continue the conversation uh, on taking a knee... Mike Kern from the Daily News will weigh in later on. Raheem Brock, this is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. This is a talk show series on race in America. Obviously, you know, race is the elephant in the room, and we, and we all
5: understand that. But uh, unless it is talked about constantly, it's not going to get better. People get bored. Oh, is it that again? They pull in a race card again. Why do we have to talk about that? Well, because it's uncomfortable
2: this is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back into the uh, show. It's a special series, a talk show series tonight on Race in America in black and white, along with Malik Boyd in the studio and Jay Doc uh, in the studio as well. Our telephone numbers, 855-839-1210. We want you to weigh into the show. If you're holding, I promise we will get to as many calls uh, as we can. 855 839 1210 bottom of the hour malik mm-hmm. 835 raheem brock is going to join us Looking and we're also it. going to get into a, a a subject line or a topic that's titled get under my skin yeah. i'll have you explain that for our listeners so
3: the whole concept of get under my skin is real simple look ask us anything call in uh, whatever it is that you're afraid to ask a black man ask me tonight whatever you're afraid to ask uh, a white man Ask Joe tonight. But we're, we're going to address some of these stereotypes. We're going to get them out the way. We're also going to address some of these hot topics and get them out the way because the goal is not for you to get under my skin in a cantankerous or a very angry way, but get under my sin and get to the heart of the issue. That's the point.
2: And let's bring in Mike Kern from the Daily News who's joining us here tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Michael, uh, welcome into the uh, conversation. It's a special conversation tonight in black and white, a talk show series on race in america i appreciate you coming on board you and i of course on many different radio programs throughout the last four months have had many conversations about the nfl and taking a knee Um, i asked you to come on and join the uh, join the big show tonight Uh, i give you that opportunity to join us with your thoughts and with your opinion hello michael
4: yeah you don't have a long enough show pal i know that all right (laughs) <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, let's take it back really quickly to the beginning when, when Colin Kaepernick started uh, taking a knee. What was your immediate impression, number one, and did you think that there would be bigger ripple effects uh, than just that particular game?
6: I honestly didn't know. I mean, you know, something like that happens. Um, you know, I mean, I, I kind of didn't know what to make of it because, you know, quite honestly, I, I probably should have figured that it would become a big deal because it was a black and white deal. Um, and, and everything that we deal, or most things that we deal with in the world, whether it's in sports, not in sports, um, whatever, every day let's go along racial lines. It doesn't always have to be black and white. It can be Spanish in, in something. It can be Asians. It's just we, we are so divided as a as a country and as a, maybe not a world so much. I mean, but, but, I, mean I was confined to the country, but, <laughs> Anybody who thinks that that we don't have issues, serious issues, not not issues. And nobody, I agree, nobody wants to have conversations about it because it makes you feel uncomfortable. And there is a lack of trust on both sides. There's a portion of white America, maybe great, I don't know, who don't trust black America and vice versa. And I think it's part of the reason why Donald Trump got elected quite honestly, because I think there was a certain portion of the country that wanted to take their country back, quote-unquote, you know. Uh, and it, I, I don't know where it goes, but 50 years after the Civil Rights Movement, you know, look where we're at. And I'm not a black man, so I can't put myself in a black man's position. I've never been stopped for driving black. I've never been, you know, but but look at the world we're in. Cam Newton says something this week that, you know, wasn't right. Okay, and the first thing I heard the next day, or later that day, well, what if a white guy had said it? That's one of the first things that came out. What if Tom Brady had said that? Would the backlash, it immediately goes to black and white. Would the backlash have been as bad if Tom Brady did it? You know, Antonio Brown does something on the sidelines. Uh, Odell Beckham does something. Um, Oh, look at those guys. It's all about them. It's me. It's me. In other words, it's a black guy. That's, you know, kind of what they're saying, um, because the inference is that white guys don't do that.
3: So, so, so it's interesting, Mike. It's it's not even kind of like what they're saying. That is exactly, you know, well, what it, they're saying. Well,
6: it's veiled, but it's not veiled. I mean, you know, there's catchphrases and, mm-hmm. and everything, but I just think that a lot of white people and, and listen, we're all guilty to some degree of being prejudiced. Agree. Yeah, I consider and say I'm not a prejudiced person. I'll guarantee you, there's been times in my life where I've made a judgment or done something. And then, you know, and then said, oh, did I really do that or did, or did I? And I hung around. I had the privilege of hanging around John Cheney for most of my professional career, who mm-hmm. taught me more about black and white than, than probably any person that I could have learned from. And I remember John Cheney telling me years ago, and he said, I think it was when the Republicans were having a convention. Um, I don't know if it was five years ago. And he said, they asked what we were going to do with the poor people, meaning a <laughs> hey, black people, and people got up and said, "Oh, nobody cares," you know, whatever. And they got to stay in innovation. Is John wrong? Is that not? It? And I'm not painting. You can't paint a broad brush and say everybody, because it's not everybody. But I just think that you know, if I go walking in North Philly, am I going to feel uncomfortable? That's a good probably. Point. If if a, if a black person comes up to my neighborhood and walks around, is he going mm-hmm. to maybe feel out of place? Yeah. I mean, it's and, inter- and I don't know how we fix that. I don't, you know, and sports are so visible that we see it in sports. And then we, we mm-hmm. but
4: it's it's much, this is a much larger issue than sports. Trust me. Mike, and, and it's a very interesting point you make. Um, so uh, I was in an African-American uh, nightlife yeah. business, having a nightclub, and, and uh, felt as comfortable in that uh, environment as I do in my own living room. Um, and uh, Malik and I go back <laughs> 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. However... Um, if I go get gas in a certain part of my neighborhood at the wrong night, <laughs> I, at at, the, at, uh, at a specific time of uh, a night or whatever, and and, and uh, there's groups of whites and blacks and I'm walking in and I'm getting stared down. I mean, I know there's an issue there. And I so and it, it really did. It does interest me in what what I guess what I symbolize and why I must symbolize that and it does bug me i'm not taking it personal because i Mm -hmm. like you just said mike the the same thing would happen in 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 a white neighborhood and when we were younger in the 70s it was obviously epidemic portions
3: but here's the difference so you may feel uncomfortable in you know that particular segment just like i may feel uncomfortable being in your neighborhood right so krausey i come i come to your neighborhood i feel uncomfortable the difference is I run the, the chance of of losing my life by an officer of the law. So I I really want us to take this into consideration. When you go into a Wawa in the hood or in my neighborhood, you get the chance to call the law and they'll come probably quicker because it's Joe. In in the other neighborhood, they'll ask why am I here? Well,
4: but let me just say one thing. But, well, why but does it, that make it for wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that go ahead, Mike? right
6: that I might fear and all I'm not saying I do. But if I might fear for my life because of the neighborhood. Forget the cops. Forget forget the fact that I right. can call a police officer. Mm-hmm. And I get where you're going. But if I go into a place in a black neighborhood and walk out and there's 10 guys looking at me the wrong way, should I feel better because I can call 911? So, so
3: absolutely. Think, so, so, so here's the thing. I'm with you on that. I think yeah. the fact that there's a, cr- a criminal element who is preying on you, that should be addressed however they might not but they might not be a criminal element. whatever it may be whatever i
6: might look at them and stereotype them as a criminal element
3: that i'm even i'm even (laughs) i'm even more excited that you said that that you that you could potentially stereotype them just as we could stereotype you however what i'm saying is the the officer is the counterbalance the officer is the the point by which Humans, not just black or white, but humans should be able to feel comfortable when they are present. Uh, Now,
4: let me just jump on.
3: You
6: know what was interesting? When the whole OJ thing went down, and then they did all these documentaries and stuff, and and they were showing you how L.A., Mm -hmm. in the the 25 or 30 or 40 years before OJ, all the things that had happened, you know, innocent people getting shot, uh, people getting off. And I'm sitting there going, man, I can understand how the African-Americans would react. It doesn't make it see to me like when they cheered the OJ verdict, I was upset that they were cheering because I thought a guilty man got off. But I understood why they were cheering because it was hey, about time one of us. And I but when I saw all that stuff that had happened in L.A., I'm thinking like, my God, how how can they exist with the police? Yeah, co- but then I guess if you look at it from a police standpoint, they might they'll have the exact opposite. And say, well look at those people, you know, if we don't act like that, and that's what I'm saying in this country, how do we get past that? So when it's been festering for fifty or sixty or seventy years.
3: So, so Mike, I think you bring up a good point when you talk about L.A., right? So, so when we talk about the issue of the riot. We watched Rodney King get beat down in such a way that it was—I uh, mean—it's it, yep. unfathomable that you can beat a black man or, or any man in that way, right? And then they tried to criminalize good. him. So, Wait. so when when we see that and they keep replaying it, right? They, sure. they, well, unlike back. Vegas, where Hold they on. where they hid Stephen Braddock's photo to the very end, they played. You, you know, they play Rodney King over and over and over again. Well, what I'm saying is, but let's go back to that, and I don't mean to be
6: bringing this stuff up from 25 years ago, but sure. there are police, and there are what, who would tell you that if you saw the whole video, and mm-hmm. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, if you saw the whole video, it was a man who was out of control, who was on drugs, who they tried to subdue and couldn't subdue. Now, I'm not saying, I saw the video you did, too. Mm-hmm. It seems to me cruel, but what I'm saying is, if I'm a police officer, did I fear for my life? <laughs> I can't put myself in the police officers. I've seen photos from New York where they shot that guy um, fifty times. It fifty the, times. With a Minnesota or somewhere yeah. where the guy got out of the car. Oh yeah. I can't put myself in the police officers' uh, head either, and I'm not justifying it. I don't mean to do that. I'm just saying is when there's a trust, a distrust on both sides, and I know the police officer has the benefit of having the gun. Well, sometimes the other guys have the guns too, but and and I get it. And when I see the O.J. Simpson thing now in retrospect, I understand why they reacted like that. I didn't agree with it. I thought it would, you know, and and, and, and but it just seemed to me it was like, you know, we're cheering for the wrong thing. But I get it. Mm-hmm. I get why you would feel disenfranchised and all that. And I just don't know how we get past that. I just don't know Like, where do we start to try to get past that.
2: Mike Kern from the Daily News weighing in tonight uh, on our special show, a talk show series on race in America. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Michael, well done. Thank you, sir. Well stated. Appreciate you joining the program. If you're on the line, stay with us. We'll get to our calls when we come back after the break. 855-839-1210. 855-839-1210. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly labor.
3: Oh, but the NFL players did stand in the United Kingdom for the British anthem, God Save the Queen. Yes, they showed more respect for the anthem of the nation that once tyrannized us than for the nation which plucked many of them from poverty and propelled them to be multi-millionaire celebrity athletes. Think about that one for a second.
2: This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, a talk show series on race in America. We bring you the show tonight here on Talk Radio 1210 Labor Statues protest, patriotism, racism and everything in between. John checking in on the hotline. We bring John into the dialogue and we welcome him in uh, to the conversation. John, thanks for holding on. Welcome in to Saturday Night Live. Hi, how are you doing? Good, sir. How are you doing?
0: I'm okay. Let me just pull over here. I've been on the road for a couple hours.
2: Yep, do that. Be safe. Okay.
0: Okay. I don't know how much support I'm going to get on this on this belief. I certainly don't get much on the web when I type about this, but in my opinion, the best way to bring races and cultures closer together is to raise them from birth in economic classes that are within some type of reasonable reach of each other. And over the last 30 or 40 years, we've been concentrating wealth by individual, by region, and inevitably by race. And because of that, people who ended up on the bad end of the deal primarily were blacks and Hispanics. They were already at a disadvantage 30 or 40 years ago, but they were catching up. Blacks in particular were beginning to catch up. That progress was reversed. And here's where I lose a lot of people on the web. How would would you do that? It does not matter how. How would we do what? What do you mean?
4: In other words, how would you raise? In other words, in, in our in our system, in our economic system, how would you? Uh, how would you raise any group of people? And you know, based on. In other words, that's socioeconomical?
3: Well, well, that's. I, I think so. First of all, I'm like super excited that he called in and, and brought this point up because I would be one of those guys on Facebook that would absolutely agree with you. So so the wealth gap is increasing as it relates to black families and white families. Right? right. However, by 2040, it's being reported now by the Brookings Institute that that whites will be a minority in this country. So how is the population decreasing, but the wealth increasing it it relates to how we fund businesses in. Commercial corridors. You know, we have things like the EB five uh, uh, program, which will allow foreign investment to come into underserved communities, right? Uh, and they get tax breaks and all kinds of tax credits. But the individuals who are in the community have a hard time getting mi- loans, micro loans from banks. It- it's how do you open up access?
4: The gap between to the, the, resources. the wealthy and the middle class has has expanded uh, substantially. Uh, you know. Uh, um, and and the rich get richer and the and the, and the poor get poor. It's Guys, not it's not just not a white and black thing. That's a that's a social class thing as well. No, you know, in other words, that's that's based on uh, a lot on on to do with. Well,
2: the it's life. it's white and black too because the social class happens to be white. In it. John uh, John, thanks for the call. Let's go. Let's get some more callers. in. Steve, uh, checking in with us um, uh, from Philadelphia. Steve, welcome in uh, to Saturday Night Live, a special tonight in black and white. Steve, welcome to the program.
5: Yeah, hi. Uh, um, Now, I I was driving, and I only heard part of the program. So, you know, maybe I didn't hear what the whole conversation was about. But, you know, basically, I, I, you know, I hear that uh, there's a black guy talking on the radio, and he's saying that he's, uh, that there's a problem with police targeting black men, right? Is this, is this basically the gist of what he was saying?
3: So that's exactly what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that they're targeting, that they go out and roll call and say, hey, you know what, let's get five black guys today. But as we look at the justice system, how African-Americans are processed through the system and how we deal with issues of crime, that African-Americans come up with the short end of the stick.
5: Oh, you, you think that African-Americans just come up with the short end of the stick now? You, you, I mean, you do know that's, that's you know,
3: statistically correct, right?
5: Well, no, you're you're actually wrong about that, okay? Because I looked on the internet when I was home, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a couple of days ago, okay? Okay. And I'm, I'm I'm driving right now, so I'm on a cell phone, but okay. How many blacks do you think that uh, cops killed last year? Shot?
3: Are you talking country? Are you talking region? What are you talking? And where are you United pulling States, the source from?
5: In the United States, how many black men do you think? Black people, do you think that police officers shot in the past?
3: Year so so that particular number. Let's hold on. Time speak? out. Time out. Time out. Because when I talk about the short end of the stick, I do not talk about murders and killings. What we talk about is treatment and
2: mistreatment of the African. Well, what's the answer? Let's get the answer. What's the answer to okay, the question, well, Steve?
5: It's about three hundred. It turns out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now this is from 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 my memory. I'm I'm not at home in front of the computer now. I'm and and what's the, the source home. that but, we're pulling from? What. It, you know, um, there were actually more whites that were shot by police than blacks. OK, that's number one. OK. Number two. OK, the majority of black men that are shot are shot by other blacks. OK. And number three, most of the crime. OK, statistically, a white person is far more likely to get harmed by, by black than, than vice versa. I mean, it's all nonsense.
3: It's it's a a so hold on, I can break that down in like. Right, on. you
5: know I, on. Who runs the I, media? It's nonsense, man.
3: I, I love the process that. So, so here, let me address that really, really quickly, right?
5: My ethnic group happens to run some of these major, you know, CNN and some of the other companies. I, I, hear, My you. Group. I hear you. I hear you. Understand what I'm so, saying? So, so what is your okay. ethnic
3: group? Let me ask that.
5: I'm not going to go into that. Okay, so so
3: let me just pick it. Let me just pick this apart. Okay, so there are more blacks in jails than whites. Do we agree with that? That's fact.
5: Yeah, but blacks have a higher crime rate. Time out. Time
3: out. Time out. Time out. First of all, we do not have a we do not have a higher crime rate than whites. What is known is that blacks will commit crimes against other blacks. White will commit crimes against other whites. That's by proximity. What we do know is when we're processed, how we are processed under the law, the the sentencing guidelines and how they occur are disproportionate to african-americans that is the short end of the stick you don't have to lose your life by a bullet to lose your life in a jail cell that is what occurs you don't have to lose the quality of life when you get 10 years for stealing a bag of chips meanwhile a caucasian man can rape someone and get five years that's proven Wait, i mean hold on here guys
5: i haven't heard so you're saying that so, there are so examples were a black man got 10 years for stealing a bag of chips. St-
3: stealing inch, chips. Yeah. Huh? yeah, I'm not. So I, 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 so
2: hold, hold, hold on, on. Time, hold, time, hold, time, hold, time out, time out, time out. Hold on, we're getting we're getting way off to, so, we're getting so way I'm
5: off the point. Time out, time out.
3: That is the point. And so and here's the, the great
5: one to speak up about. Here's that, the that I, and I'm
3: glad that you did because here's the great uncomfortable point. When when we start talking about sentencing guidelines, when we start talking about mistreatment and how it occurs, it is beyond the deaths. If we just take a look at the shootings, then we would only have minute issues. We have to take a look at the culture of policing, and that's the whole totality. All right, let's move on.
5: I, I don't know. I mean, there might be issues that I don't know about, but I look at the statistics and, you know, I know what's going on. And, you know, I think that sometimes. You know, people. I mean, I don't know if it comes from the media. I don't know where people get these ideas from. But you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that that you know, white cops are going out and targeting black men. And you know, I don't think this, this, this the statistics. Actually, bear that
2: out. Steve from Philly checking in. Thanks for the call. We got to move on. Todd from up in Hazelton, uh, joining us. We'll get to Ralph in a moment. We also have a break coming up, uh, but we go rapid fire. Todd joining us uh, on uh, Saturday. Uh, Todd Ichis, former House Majority Leader, joining us here tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Todd, a good Saturday <laughs> evening, sir. Welcome hey, into the dialogue.
1: Hey, hey good evening, John. and Malik, my brother. You can't argue with ignorance. So yeah. when you see it, when you see it, you just got to call it out. Uh, and, and the prejudice, the prejudgment of the last caller about statistics, about opinions, about what he felt about the, his own prejudice guided his thoughts. So we all saw it, right? So let's mm-hmm. just call it out. I'm a white guy. Um, I, you're a black guy. Who cares, right? So, yeah. but, my, but Todd, my, I also
3: appreciated his call because I think, you know, we have yeah. to allow everybody's voice to come Go ahead, yeah
1: but for the wife community out there are my wife friends uh, along along with uh, the, the your listeners mm-hmm. no one's buying that view i, I think that's a small minority of, um, of and we have mostly good people trying mm-hmm. to do good things in the world so hey uh, i was in la uh during the riots uh i was a student uh in college my brother uh michael uh, my brother-in-law michael my wife's uh, brother uh, was a 20-year man in the LAPD in the force at the time, so um, I might have an interesting perspective, uh,
4: Todd? Th- thanks for the call, Todd. And and let me just say something about this whole situation, okay? First of all, this is a much uh, you know, this show isn't about you know just about crime and and, and but it's a big part of things, uh, you know, no question about it. It's also about understanding one another. And let me just say this: I find it amazing that um, uh, you know that that. Uh, uh, Kern, they, it was Mike Kern, Mike, Kern, from the Mike Daily Kern, News, brought uh, mm-hmm. up the OJ Simpson situation. Um, uh, you know, so that was obviously a, a racial divide of, un, of epic proportions. But let me just say one thing about that. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, you know, you asked me personally, I, I mean, I would bet my life that he was guilty, but let me just say something. You saw the racial divide, okay? And let me tell you something. Um, well, I see people today say a white guy say, or a white woman or whatever says that O.J. Simpson's guilty at some you know blah 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 son of a whatever uh, but let me tell you something you know how many people are in jail right now because they didn't have the economic ability to, f- to pay for go. an attorney to, so they could fight their crime well wait a minute if, you you're, if you're going if you're going to cry about O.J. Simpson buying and you're going to do it 10 years later buying <laughs> his defense and all that you better cry just as much for those individuals who cannot afford to defend themselves right, well, well
1: and the culture of policing in the LAPD at the time, you remember now, the same bad cops uh, who uh, were involved in the L.A. Uh, you know O.J. Simpson stuff uh, those are the same dirty cops who were running down women inside yes. the force and then shutting out men, any men, white, black or otherwise, who dealt with professional women inside the LAPD. So these are dirty people with dirty thoughts. Exerting, let me exerting say this, bad Tom. examples for everybody. Gonna, I w- but gonna, I wouldn't say that word, about J. all Don't. cops.
4: Uh, what I'm saying is you're going to get bad, and 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 look, and this is where the black and white issue is different. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, in other words, your your opinions are going to be based on your experiences. I'm not going to stereotype police by any no, no. means. As all right, no, as let me as say what, let me make
1: sure I am clear about let what let I'm it, saying. So my we're brother, going to break. So, here, so be man. quick. My my, bu- my bro- brother, twenty year man, told me that there was a white dominated, male dominated society inside the LAPD in the eighties, the seventies and eighties. It was bad, and it was it got changed by you know clean air and public scrutiny. Uh, and so you know it's better now than it ever has been, and America's policing is better because we know the bad the, the bad we squeeze out the bad actors. I hope.
2: This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, a talk show series tonight on Race in America. Back in a moment. And welcome back, everyone, to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, a special series tonight on Race in America in black and white. Special presentation tonight on Talk Radio 1210. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. To the phones we go. Ralph has been waiting on. Ralph, we're going to go rapid fire, but we'll bring you in to make your point, and then we're going to move through it, okay? Uh, yeah, I'm with yeah.
0: the police and black <laughs> service, and I'm going to go with Ralph and black women out in this country is fine, okay, so. At least you know there's a for it. Uh, let's
2: do this. Let's uh, let's put Ralph on hold. I apologize, but we're having trouble hearing him. Now. Let's see yeah. if we can get. Uh, let's see if we can get him back. Doug. Meanwhile, uh, we'll bring Doug into the conversation uh, and welcome him into uh, our show tonight on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT in black and white. Doug, welcome in. All uh, right, let's oh. get uh, let's get rid of that. Uh we expected to get a little bit of that tonight on Saturday night live with talk radio twelve ten. Don't mm-hmm. forget coming up at eight o'clock tonight, the Dan Loney show will roll into the night, eight to eleven. A personal experience from Dan Loney tonight. Stay tuned as we roll to the top of the hour. Go ahead, Jay. So I wanna
4: make something clear and I was talking about it during the you know, during the break. Um, you know, everybody's had their own personal uh, you know, different they, your your pins is based on your own personal experiences. And uh so you know, I happen to support You know, the police in general, when when someone's breaking in your house, you you know, you don't call your neighbor, you call the police. Um, However, everybody knows that in life, you know, you're going to have your bad eggs. I don't care what career you're in. So, uh, but don't get me wrong, I, and I'm not. You have
2: idiots I, like that guy that just waited on waited on hold for almost 19 minutes to get in there for three seconds. No, but, my, but my point
4: is this: I'm not I'm not uh, downgrading at all the, the black experience in the community with with, with police officers and, and and the things that have happened. Uh, but let's face it: uh, you, you know, if you're in a situation where you have a relative that's a police officer, if you've had good experiences, uh, uh, you know, whether you're wha- black or white, uh, you're you may not share that experience. However, say I'm a white guy and I've not had them experiences well um, as a black man mm-hmm. y- you know one of the things i'd like to say is okay you know if you've had them experiences mm-hmm. and obviously i saw the rodney king thing I, I can't believe there's a good part to that particular video mm-hmm. that would make me change my opinion but there has to be a dialogue going back and forth um and protesting is important no questions there mm-hmm. but there also has to be a call to action and a dialogue so mm-hmm. so that yes as a white man i want to understand you know you as a black man Mm -hmm. um but i want you to understand me as well and that maybe i might be ignorant to some things that you've experienced but it's not because i'm ignorant in general
3: oh i get you and so one first let me say i respect you and respect your experience and i want to get to know your experience i want to live long enough to be able to do so that's the issue and the african-american community we're talking about how do we have a quality of life that gets us to a point where we can actually sit down and have a dialogue right now we're still in survival mode and survival mode in in a couple of different fronts economically and As it relates to quality of life and policing. So what we're saying is, let's address those issues first. Then we can sit down and have a conversation. But right now, if we're not addressing the fact that African-Americans are disproportionately affected by the system, then we can't move forward. Because if the system is chewing up my people... How do we have a conversation about understanding?
2: Let's bring Jacqueline in from Virginia, weighing in uh, on the show tonight here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in black and white. Jacqueline, welcome to the program.
7: Hi, thank you. Yes, okay, so the, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the point that I wanted to make is I listen to a lot of different talk shows. I'm a 54-year-old black female, okay? I was raised Air Force brat, okay? So I've always been in a multicultural environment. Um, I am a professional... But um, and I have been examining, doing research on you know my my community, my culture, um, you know my black race. Okay, and what I don't like is you know they they're not bringing forth the fact that that um, well we okay we all I'm sorry I'm a little nervous all, we all sorry. know that we all know that the ghetto situation is negative. Okay, we are we know the economics, the mindset. The, the, you know, I live in the ghetto the, way, the only way I can make it is sell drugs or whatever. Okay. But the, the young black men who are, you know, quote, doing all this killing or whatever, shooting, which we, we hear on the news, they're not going over to the middle class black neighborhoods killing black people. They're killing people within their own area. It's like they're all in the cesspool in those areas. So it's a so social class you, issue as much as If you have people full of this negative mentality and they don't even like themselves, they don't even think they can succeed, not really, not not a proper way. Of course, they're going to behave, you know, unfortunately like that. There's really no excuse, though. I mean, you know, a lot, we know that some of them are not having both mom and dad in the house. We know those are all factors, but... Overall,
2: Malik. Let me, Jacqueline, hold on. Mm-hmm. Just because we're up against the top of the hour, mm-hmm. uh, first, thanks for calling, Malik. Let me get you to weigh in, and then Jay Duck, I'll have <laughs> you respond uh, if you can as well. Jacqueline, thanks for the call. I appreciate it very much. Go ahead, Malik. So
3: here's the first thing. Pragmatically, I'm going to I'm going to assume that Jacqueline was not saying that the hood. Sure. <laughs> or the ghetto, everybody in there sure. uh, is doing crime, right? However, uh, that still does not address the fact that there are individuals inside that uh, of that neighborhood that you're speaking of that need resources and should not be treated uh, in in various ways that are discriminatory. And even the criminal element gets treated discriminatory if you take it in the case of how you treat North Philly versus how you treat a, you another
2: say, area. You say what? You
4: no, know, I, I say that um, certainly... Um, you know, this a lot of it's not just a black and white issue. Uh, certainly, stereotypes are involved. A lot of it is a social. question. Well, this issue. shows a black and no, white no. issue. I, yeah, but my point is this: when you talk about crime, and 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 we talk about if you're afraid in one particular neighborhood, well, it depends what white neighborhood you're in or white uh, what black neighborhood you're in. So, if you're an upper class black neighborhood, you're not walking around afraid. If you're in an upper class white neighborhood, same thing. If you're at K and A, and it's mm. you know, and, and and you're black or white, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you may feel the same way if you're in, in the heart of the North Philly, in you know, in, in a particular
2: area. So Just sixty seconds left in the program, Malik. I'll give you the first thirty seconds. Jay Doc, I'll come back Perfect. for you. Watch my cues, please. I'll make
3: my I'll make my story real quick. I'm up in South Southampton Road, pumping a candidate. I go to a door. A eighty year old woman comes out with a bathrobe. I back up because I'm fully dressed uh, with a suit and an overcoat. I give her the the. Uh, the literature, she says to me, oh, my gosh, I know her. She she went to school with my my granddaughter. You should vote for her, too, because she will be good for your kind. jdoc doc
4: 25 five seconds. We're with. Now listen, uh, I'm proud to be a part of this show. Uh, I think Dan, uh, Mike Kern was right. We need more time. Um, I think it's important for us to understand each other's experiences. And by the way, this is a labor show and there's no more prevalent place where race is an issue than in the workplace. We're going to have plenty of time to discuss that next month. This is
2: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dan Loney is up next I seen that open space I hope you're saving
6: that for medical marijuana because I'm a big fan I'm I'm a big fan of that and I just want to let you know we're talking big numbers we're talking as you know they're talking trillions but we're talking mucho billions around here of unionized pension money I haven't heard in six weeks one conversation about Russia yet That's the reality. They come to me about jobs. They come to me a little bit about Obamacare, but they don't come to me about Russia. And with Philadelphia jumping out of the seams as a hospitality town, we need our transportation to be clean, efficient, safe, and on time.
0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.